Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Mitchell and Jessica Kanata. If you're looking for ways to bring rigor and engagement to your middle school ELA classroom without sacrificing your nights and weekends, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to provide you with your weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can actually enjoy teaching again. We'll help you bring the fun and creativity to your ELA lessons so that your students master the standards and you can leave school when the bell rings. Get ready to be that teacher you've always wanted to be to do great work and thrive. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We're covering a topic that we get questions about all the time that has to do with the race formula or other writing formulas, um, because we obviously have our EBW framework, our approach to teaching writing. So we're going to talk about this um, specifically. Are your students ready to kind of move beyond this race formula? And it's interesting because when I taught um, at my most recent school, when I came in to teach fifth grade, my students had all done step up to writing. And so they were doing like, I think it was, they used like different colors. I don't even know because I was mm-hmm. like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do what, what I know um, has worked for my students in the past because that's how I roll. Um, and I don't suggest that you do that if you're going to get in trouble with your admin, but I was willing to get in trouble because that's just my personality. Um, anyways totally different story. So what we're going to talk about today is really focused on, you know, are your students ready to move on to like the next version, like the next level um, of this? So like I said, over the years, we've had so many middle school ELA teachers come to us seeking help with teaching writing, but they are currently required to use the race writing formula at their school or perhaps something like that. And maybe that's you, right? It might even be why you clicked on this particular episode to take a listen. And so many others tell us that even though they're not using race, they are using some kind of like mashed up version of it, even if it doesn't have an acronym to go along with it. And so if you're not familiar with race, it's simply a writing formula that's used to answer text dependent questions. And it stands for restate, answer, cite, and explain. And basically you might provide students with a question like, which character experiences the most significant change in the Westing game? And if they were to use the race formula, students might write the character that experiences the most significant change in the Westing game is Turtle Wexler. So here they've restated and they've answered the question, the R and the A part. So then they would cite a quote from the text. They might do like the author writes, T.R. Wexler had a master's degree, blah, blah, blah. And then finally they explain what they cited. So the race formula, honestly, it's a wonderful place to start when teaching students how to write because it gives students a basic framework to rely on and it helps them go beyond summarizing. It helps them write short, constructed responses. But there are gaps when students need to move into essay writing, in particular in middle school. That's what we kept seeing in the classroom. Using the race formula, it may prove to be more challenging for those students in middle school when all of a sudden they need to write text-dependent essays They can't just start their essay by jumping straight into a thesis or a claim, which when you think about that, a thesis or a claim basically is the restatement and answer part of the race formula. 
Yeah. So instead, you know, as we're elevating our students, now they get to become savvier writers, right? They're starting their essays with an introductory paragraph that leads into the claim. Well, but then they must be able to write several body paragraphs to support and prove their claim. And then finally, of course, they need a well thought out conclusion at the end. So like Jessica said, you know, while race is great to introduce it, especially for writers who are just learning, right, how to use evidence to support their answers, we really believe that after third grade, like students are not only ready for more, but they're also capable of writing more advanced writing instruction. And I know that we're going to get maybe pushback on that saying, well, third grade's too young. Well, I would invite you to consider a different position and a different opinion. I know Jessica has been using our EBW approach with her son, Jameson, since he was yeah. in first grade. And in fact, we did it with our first grade teacher and our second grade teacher and our third grade teacher at our school where we worked. Um, so I think it's all about thinking outside of the box about what are our students actually capable of. And I think a lot of the times it's a whole heck of a lot more than what we, we think. Um, so anyways, we might get pushed back on that and that's fine. And I challenge you to think about why. So this is actually, you know, why our EBW approach, our evidence-based writing approach was developed was for this particular reason, right? Back in 2013, our principal sat down with all of us at a back to school meeting to go over the new writing expectations for the year. And we would be following common core state standards for ELA. You know, we're looking at the writing standards specifically. And there was this huge focus. Like if you go look at the reading for literature standards, reading for informational standards, the writing standards, whatever, there's this huge focus everywhere on students using evidence from the text. And so what Jessica and I did, and if you know this story, you know that we did this, we worked together over the course of the year to really create a more advanced writing framework for our middle school students that we knew would take their writing to that next level. Yeah. And basically the EBW approach takes those same basic principles of race, in particular, the citing and explaining that's part of it, right? That, what is that, the C and the E. And then we expanded it so that students could apply it to their text-dependent essays. So the EBW approach that we developed, that includes 10 steps that students follow to write well-thought-out text-dependent essays. And today we're gonna to explore how you know if your students are ready for a more advanced writing framework like that, whether it be the EBW approach, which you know obviously like we 1000% believe in, or whether that be a different framework. The important thing is that you're using a more advanced framework when your students demonstrate that they're ready for it. So I want you to ask yourself, if your middle school students are struggling with any of the following things, when you assign an essay to them, do they struggle with rarely writing beyond a four to five sentence constructed response? And are you always giving them feedback that says like, tell me more, explain? Or maybe they jump like straight to an answer, throw in a quote from the text, and then they attempt to explain their evidence and they might use a sentence that starts with like, this drove me nuts, by the way. <laughs> the reason I chose this evidence is because, or this evidence shows blah, blah, blah. Do they have trouble writing on their own without sentence stems for each part of their constructed response? Think about that. If you're having to give them sentence stems because they're struggling, I know it sounds weird to think about it, but they actually might be ready for more because they're being held back thinking they have to make it fit this little, you know, race formula and they can't do it anymore. Or maybe your students struggle with copying and pasting and not understanding where they need to cite or how they can elaborate. Or maybe they understand the basics, but they struggle with strong sentences and like, how do I introduce the evidence? How do I connect it back to the claim? 
Yeah. And we've seen these struggles show up just time and time again with students. And so often it's because they've outgrown, like Jessica said, just that basic writing framework that they learned in third or fourth grade. And so using the race formula or something similar worked great when they were required to write those short constructed responses that had very direct text dependent questions. And I'm going to give you a super simple example of this. So if we asked our students, you know, how does Charlotte's relationship with Wilbur change throughout the novel of Charlotte's Web, right? Very basic, very simple. Well, students could come up with their answer, find a piece of evidence to support it and explain why they chose it. But as students get older and the complexity of the questions that they are being asked increases, students start to struggle with trying to restate the question in their answer. And that's really important. So Jessica's going to give you an example of this now too. Yeah. So imagine if students were expected to write a multi-paragraph essay that answered the following question. Based on your understanding of Wilson Rawls, where the red fern grows, what is the most important component of a strong friendship? Use evidence from the text to support your reasoning. How can they apply the race formula here? Do students write three to four paragraphs that all start off with a sentence that restates the question? Well, when that happens, that's when you're left with multiple paragraphs that begin with the most important component of a strong friendship is loyalty. And then the next paragraph says like, also loyalty is the most important component of a strong friendship. And then the last paragraph says, in conclusion, loyalty is the most important component of a strong friendship. Like, have you ever seen essays like that? It, it's like frustrating to read. And I'm sure it's frustrating to write for the students and we can't fault them they are restating the answer. They're following that race formula. And then what they're probably likely to do is throw in some quotes from the text all about loyalty and then explain why they chose them. But you as the teacher are left reading like those repetitive sentences with random quotes plopped in the middle of the paragraph. And you're ready to pull your hair out after reading like the 17th essay like this. And why is this happening? Well, it's because students are still trying to use a writing framework that no longer meets their needs. The expectations have been raised. That's a much harder question than the Charlotte's Web example. And your students are required to write a whole lot more, but they don't have the tools to do it. And that's when you know, okay, it's time to introduce a more advanced framework that teaches students how to write an introductory paragraph, how to begin multiple body paragraphs, how to introduce evidence in a seamless way that helps their writing flow, and then how to actually write justification or an explanation of their evidence. And you can learn more about that part in particular, that justification part, because we know that's a tough one for students. If you go back and you listen to episode 159, it's the two game-changing sentences that will instantly improve your students' essays. Yeah. And once students level up to a more advanced framework, well, then they can start building the stamina to write more than a short constructed response. They now have a roadmap, right, for a full-blown essay, and they can easily just use part of the framework if they need to write another short text-dependent response. And this is something that we teach our teachers in our EP writing program. You know, we teach in the introduction, you have the um, tag summary and the claim. And then in your body paragraphs, you have premise, intro to evidence, evidence justification. Well, we can take that same exact concept and we can smush it together to create a short text dependent response. We start with the tag and claim put together, right? Then they go into their premise, their intro to evidence, evidence and justification. So it's like, a, I always told my students, it's like, we're, I don't, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not smushing it, but that's basically what we're doing. We're smushing the essay down and making it a lot shorter and a lot more succinct. And I would actually give my students those short types of questions on our end of the unit assessments, in addition to a multi-paragraph essay, so they could see the framework 
at play in two different kind of capacities. So I want you to take a minute or two this week to really reflect on your students' writing, right? Ask yourself if they are stuck writing basic paragraph after basic paragraph, and it's almost like each student has written the exact same paragraph because they all restated the question, included the same evidence, and summarized it in the same way, right? If that's what you're seeing, I want you to ask yourself, well, are they capable of more? Is it time now that they truly start explaining their evidence instead of just summarizing it, right? How do we even go further with that? And I love a part of our EBW approach is like when you get to justification, we teach our teachers, it's at least two sentences where the first part of the justification is explaining how the premise answers the claim or supports the claim. And then the second part is how all of this answers the prompt to the question. And so it's like we are going deeper with our students. They're at least writing two sentences of justification, if not more, every single time for every single body paragraph. And so then we want you to ask yourself if you are ready to start reading more advanced analytical essays, right? Are you ready for something more as opposed to all that basic stuff that you've been reading for forever, right? Essays that flow from one logical, well-supported idea to another. And if the answer is yes to any of those questions, then really your students are ready for the next level of a writing framework. And if you want to get a glimpse into our EBW framework, what we've talked about, our approach that we teach in our EB writing program, we actually have a free resource that's centered around like a mini mystery that students attempt to solve. It's called the case of the missing pearls. And here students are going to read a quick story about a valuable necklace that's stolen from a school. So they're introduced, students are introduced to a few different possible suspects, and then they will write a text dependent response identifying who they think is the culprit. And this is the perfect activity to help practice finding evidence and justifying their evidence, as well as showing, you know, students how they can start taking beyond they're writing beyond that race formula in a simple and effective way right so it's super fun it's super engaging and it also really starts to break down the way in which we teach writing in our eb writing program so you can start to see it in action what we're talking about so you can grab that free activity by going to ebacademics.com forward slash missing pearls <laughs> i kind of like that url um so ebacademics.com forward slash missing pearls it's a free activity and you know once you download it like plug it into your plan I hate, I hate it. I hate to say hate, but I hate it when we, when I, we hear about teachers downloading something and never using it, it's like, okay, that's great. And now it's sitting in your inbox and it's not actually going into your classroom and making a difference. So sign up to get it, get it in your inbox. And then in your plans, pencil in exactly where you're going to use it. So you actually start to see these concepts in action. So you can start to see that progress forward for your students. And if you're already an EB teachers club member, you don't have to go to that link. It's just in your resources in the EB resource marketplace, just like filter by owned and type in pearls and it'll come up for you and you'll be able to see it there. Um, so yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, hopefully this helped you start to kind of think about things in a different way. You know, am I ready to elevate my students? And I think some Sometimes, even if you don't think you're ready or they're ready, that might be the perfect time to actually do it is <laughs> when we're not, when we think we're not ready. Um, so definitely go check out that free download, leave a review for us on iTunes. If you enjoyed what you listened to today, and we will see you next week on the podcast. Bye everyone. Bye everybody.